Hello and welcome to the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. And my name is Ben. And it's that time of the season again. We are here to preview the 23-24 Championship season, uh, specifically for Gaffer, and this is part one of three, where we will preview eight randomly selected teams. And when I say randomly selected teams, basically we are recording this on Wednesday the 26th of July, so what, nine days before the season starts. And we've chose these eight teams because we believe they're the eight teams who aren't going to change that much. Well, we hope, don't we? That's the that's the hope. <laughs> so, yeah, we have time-stamped it. So if anything does change, well, we don't want anybody going... I thought you said this about him or whatever. We can't. We're not Mystic Meg. We don't predict the future. But we're going to do our best to preview these teams now. So, shall we get straight into it? Let's do it. Right. Okay. So how we're going to do it then is, as I'll talk us all through it, and we're going to go through key outgoings, key incomings, likely lineups and formations, the league position predictions, best gaffer assets the budget assets and under the radar assets and now we have so we say recruited uh, you know people from all of the clubs um correspondents shall we call them so we will give them a shout out so if anything's wrong you can go and moan at them they're the ones who give us the information so angus let's get into the first team then and it is one of the promoted sides it's ipswich town finished second last season in League One. The Bookies this season have them as fifth favourites and at five to one. Now bear in mind all these prices were taken when I edited all the pictures the other day, so if it's changed, not my fault. Um so who was it who was given us the Ipswich information, Angus? It was uh Luke uh Irons. Yes, the number one Ipswich fan. Um yeah. he's Ipswich till he die. Yeah. Um, He's very kindly give us all the information. So, key outgoings on Angus, has there been any? Uh, he's li- listed Kane Vincent Young. I don't know who that is. <laughs> no, I don't either. Do you, Dan? Fullback. <laughs> yeah, he's a fullback. Yeah, I thought you'd. Oh, there we go. Okay, what about incomings on? Uh, so, he's listed the main ones as Jack Taylor and George Hurst. Okay, um, and does he give us a likely lineup slash formation? Yeah, so he said most likely is a four-two-three-one. Okay, um, with Walton in goal, back forth right to left of Clark, Wolfenden, Burgess, Davis. Likely two in midfield of Luongo and Morsi. Uh, then three of Burns, Chaplin, and Broadhead behind Ladapo. Perfect. And I, I, viewers, don't worry, I'm not speeding through these, and it's not just that. We're just going to go through the information we provided, and then we'll have a general conversation around them, like our thoughts as well, if we agree, disagree, that kind of thing. Um, what league position has Luke predicted? Uh, so he's predicted them to finish 13th. 13th, okay. Um, best gaffer assets? Uh, Leaf Davis. Of course. Budget assets? Um, he's given me three in a row, so I'm not sure which one is which, but I think he's saying Broadhead. Okay, and under the radar assets? Um, I I 
not sure I agree with him on this, but he said Chaplin. I'm not sure it's possible for Chaplin to be under the radar, but that's what he said. No, I'd have thought maybe the Dapo uh, hasn't been brought up as much. Okay, so that's the information I thought. So, obviously, thank you very much, Luke, for that. Um, I'll come to you two guys now. So, from a gaffer point of view, what are your thoughts on Ipswich this season, Dan? I'll come to you first. Look, there's for me, there's there's two aspects of this, right? Overall, it's how well is Ipswich going to do. My opinion, they're not going to be fifth. I think Luke's probably been a lot more realistic to where I think they they'll probably be, and um, but they will have some good assets at at times where I think we will have two or three during the season, especially if it would get like budget busters and things and things like that. So, gaffer wise, I think they'll be very popular throughout the season. Um, I'm not quite sure they're going to do as well as maybe some of the out, outsiders think, but I can see why there is excitement with Leif Davis, ridiculous number of goal, uh, assists last year. Um, Broadhead, if we listen to uh, Iron's pod, he was very high with him with the bonus. So I think there will be players that will have, but... I'm not quite sure they're going to do as well the bookies thing. Okay. Angus danced there. You know, he thinks maybe we'll end up on maybe two Ipswich plays throughout the season, possibly even three. Do you think that's because they're going to be good assets or because obviously they're cheap because they've just been promoted? A bit of both. So obviously with someone like Leif Davis, I think he's just going to be a good asset. The fact that he's cheap helps but he'd probably be a decent asset if he was priced higher. The fact that he's at 5.0 just makes him that bit better. Some of these ones, like particularly the forwards, they might be decent, but I think we're probably looking more at them because of their prices, particularly initially. Um, So you've already mentioned some names between yourselves. Um, Walton's probably going to start on goal, and he's 4.5. Davies, we know, is 5 million. He's 0.5 more than anybody else. So, is he the only option defensively that you'd look to even potentially start with? You wouldn't look anywhere else. I don't think it's worth the the decrease for the other three. I think he's so much. He he's more attacking. I think he's on some of the set pieces as well. So I just think it's for zero point five. It's not worth trying to sort of you know downgrade there. And Dan midfielders. Um, not many names have been mentioned in the midfield area. Is there any that catch your eye you think might be considered or are you more looking at the forwards and Davies? Um, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they line up because obviously they've come up a league and they were able to basically play a front four. I'm not sure at times they're going to be able to play all four together. So it's, it's interesting to see does like a Chaplin go to the main striker and Ladapo drop out or or something like that. And if that's the case, maybe someone like a Taylor, if he ends up playing 10 at 5.5, he might be the option. They have also signed the Mari Hutchinson, which is it's a bit of an unknown, isn't he? He's got bags of potential, um, but you get the 
I think I think he'll probably play a similar position to Broadhead. So I'm not sure who comes out of the side with that happens. So there's options in midfield, but I think they're more of a wait and see at, at the minute. And as a lot of our regulars now, I, I don't watch any League One, so it's like a complete new team coming up to me. Um, I literally watch zero. So through pre-season, obviously I've been looking at the lineups and stuff like that. Harness, the midfielder, do you rate him? Because he seems to be doing okay in pre-season. 5.5 million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, I think he's a decent player. I think the only problem with him is... Um, as we've said with some of these others, we're already thinking about which of the starters is not going to, you know, just going to drop out the lineup. Like, you know, you've got enough players ahead of Harness that I think it's probably an issue with him of just minutes. Okay, and then the forwards. Then you've already mentioned some of the names. You've got um, Chaplin, Ladapo, Broadhead, and Hurst. Um, really, or six point five for Chaplin, Ladapo, Broadhead, and Hurst, all six million. Who do you two favour from the forwards? So at the moment in my draft is Broadhead. Um, I know Luke said uh, Ladapo in that predictive lineup. I should say that was before um, Hutchinson was signed because um, that obviously does the most likely person to be knocked out of the lineup. Whoever, however, they move it around, the person most likely to come out of the lineup is Ladapo. Um, and so it's, I think. Chaplin and Broadhead are both good options. Um, I've just I've gone for Broadhead slightly cheaper, and I, I, I was swayed a little bit by some of Luke's arguments about um, his numbers. With you know slightly less familiarity um, with Ipswich, I'm sort of willing to to listen to him on that. But I do think that Chaplin certainly seems like a very good option as well. Uh, just a precaution on on Broadhead. He he came off. Um, injured, well, as a precaution, so to just keep an eye on that. Obviously, Angus will go through the the team news, but um, yeah, I, I think for me, and this is more how Ipswich will do overall. We, we've seen a number of these attacking players: Broadhead, Hurst, Ladapo. They've not really set the championship alight. Now, obviously, they're they're playing in maybe a better a system that. That will suit them, but there's still a thing in the back of my mind where I'm I'm not a hundred percent convinced they're maybe championship players at the minute. Okay, uh, so I think that wraps it. Ipswich up then, doesn't it? Really. So we'll move on to the next team then. And Dan, um, you're going to talk us through the next one, and that is Hull City. So last season they finished fifteenth. The bookies have them down as seventeenth this season. At sixteen to one, so they're not making it too much progress. Um, but what are the key outgoings from Hull? Yeah, so a, a couple of players uh, ended their loan. The goalie Dalo, he looks like he's he's joining another championship side. Uh, Pelkis also back on loan, and um, they let Calamel, the the left back, um, leave in the summer. And Kean coming so far. Um, well, they went a bit cre- crazy last summer, but it's been a bit more planned. Um, Liam Delap obviously had two not great spells in the in the championship so far, but he, he, apparently he's got potential, and 
Lee, I, I rate Liam Rossini, so I'm intrigued to see if he can get something out, out of the lap. Uh, Vidal Gray, uh, left back from on loan from Wolves, I think we see on the on the right side they've got Christie, and if they've got Vinagre both attacking fullbacks, I think that'll be entertaining. And they've brought in Lockelo, who who hasn't seemed to be in their first choice, but I think he's more of a, a winger. So yeah, a few interesting incomings. Okay, and what do you think the likely lineup of formation is going to be? Yeah, so uh, I should probably t- uh, tell you that this information has come from Danny uh, McDonald. Um, Good point, Dan. I should have probably <laughs> said that at the beginning. I do apologise, Danny. I know you'll be listening to this. Um, so, yeah, Danny McDonald, apologies. <laughs> yeah, so um, he reckons Ingram in goal, but uh, I think they'll probably be trying to get a, a new goalie in. Um, from right to left, Christie right back. Uh, this was four three three. McLaughlin, Jones, and Vanagre. We then got uh, Sari and Slater with uh, Adama, and then two fan. He's put Young Vaughan, which is which is someone I'm interested in, and a stupid and up front. That is very interesting, actually. Um, we'll talk about that in just a second, then. Um, where has Danny predicted them to finish? Uh, he thinks sixth, which I think on the on the face of it might seem a bit crazy, but um, I think they're a bit a lot more stable this this summer. And like I mentioned, I like Rosina, so I don't think it's like a crazy suggestion that they might climb the, t- the table, especially if they get a couple more signings. Maybe six and might be a, a little bit too far, Danny, but. Ever the optimist. Angus, are um, still there? I think we've lost Angus, so we'll carry on, Dan, while Angus tries yeah. to sort that out. Um, who's Danny got as the best gaffer assets? So he put the um, the fullbacks, Christie and Vinagre, which we know that fullbacks, wingbacks can do very well in, in gaffer, so I can understand that both 5.5. A lot of good wing backs at that price, so maybe hop on and hop off throughout the season. Okay, and um, budget assets. Uh, he's put Slater. Um, he, he was very good, four point five last year, and um, he's been bumped up to five. And um, I think he got a lot more attacking returns there. Than we probably realised so. I can see why Slater's been picked as um, a budget option. Okay, um, we're having more technical issues at the moment. Angus is back. You yeah. disappeared, but I can hear you, Dan. Um, under the radar assets. Um, he's mentioned uh, Young Vaughan, um, which is which is very interesting. Um, I got to see Vaughan live last season. Um, and he's very raw, but I, I think he could be like a similar mould to maybe like a Bowen or a Lewis Potter, which could be very interesting, especially in Gaffer. And I think he's five million as well. So if he he gets a good run of games, a five million option to be on the bench it definitely would be someone on on my watch list. Okay, perfect. Um, 
Angus, you're back now. Um, it's thrown me a bit while I'm trying to sort out the technical issues. I haven't quite done that. But we're still here and we'll carry on. Um, what are your thoughts on Hull coming into this season? Um, I think Danny's a little bit bullish. Um, I don't think they'll be in trouble, but I think sixth is um, a bit bold. Um, I look at some of the other teams and I'm not sure they're quite there, but I, I wouldn't sort of fault particularly say a top half prediction um, like 10th-ish but I think 6th is probably at, at least at the moment I like Rosinia, I like some of their players but I just think it's possibly a bit beyond them with some of the other players involved Dan, we'll go through some of their positions and um, obviously Danny's put Ingram in goal we think that, uh, oh you're back on the screen now yeah. Um, we're going to get a new keeper in there so we won't talk so much about Ingram but I think most of the interest will be with Christie and Vinagre won't they, at both full backs do you have a preference in which one? I'd probably lean to Christie just because we've we've seen Christie in a number of teams in, in the championship um, and we know that even last he played right wing at times so um, I would lean Christie and at 5.5, like I mentioned, he's he's in that price with a lot of others we'll probably talk about throughout the, the pods where I think jumping on and off in that range could, could be nice. Yeah, and Angus, the midfielders, there seems to be value in the midfielders. The highest price is Turfan at 6 million. So if they do start well, there's plenty of value there, isn't there? Yeah, and I think it goes throughout as well. Like, you know, I'm not necessarily going to go with someone like Seri, but I think if they get in the team, someone like Longman, Traore, uh, Loculo, and then obviously down to like Slater and Vaughan at five. So I think there's potentially value right through their midfield area. Dan, do you think Seri could become an option? Because I remember at times last year, and it might have been the very first game that stands out, um, there was a lot a lot of big chances created, weren't there? Weren't there something ridiculous like six or seven in a game? Yeah, and uh, I think we we know set-piece takers can, can do quite well for key passes. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, but I, th- I think if we get someone like a Vaughan, Vaughan playing on a wing regularly, I think I would lean, lean to him, to be honest. And the strikers, Angus, um, I found that quite interesting because you've got Esapunian at 7 million, who Danny thinks will get the nod up front. But then you've got Delap, obviously, who's coming on loan. Tete's there. And um, Siad and Manish. Close enough. I'll see, I've got to be close enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there is a couple of options there. And if there's only that one spot, do you think Esapunian's nailed or do you think there could be a lot of rotation or someone playing wider? Um. I don't think he's nailed in part because we saw him get left out at the end of last season for Tete. Um, so I'm not sure Tete is actually good enough to lead the line regularly. And I think Estepinian would probably be ahead of him. But it's difficult to say he's nailed because of that. And they have brought the lap in. So you would assume that would be to play. Um, I don't like him. Um, I don't like him as an option. Um, I don't, you know, I don't dislike him personally. I don't know him personally, but uh, I don't, don't like him as an option. Um, I don't think he set the world alight in two different at two different clubs last season, and 
while that can be difficult for a player because you have to adjust to a new team twice, I don't think he showed enough for me that makes me think, you know, oh yeah, he's going to be a great asset this time. Um, you know, it may well be that it gets into the season and he, he proves me wrong, but yeah, the lap's not for me. You know, I don't think that is out of the question, you know, because, you know, I've slated him quite a lot. You know, I watched him for half a season every week and he was very frustrating, but I have always said, there is a player in there. You can see yeah. that with his movement and stuff. It, I feel like he just needs to mature, grow up a little bit. He, you know, he was picking fights um, with Rotherham centre-backs that he's never going to win. Uh, you know, pick your fights wisely, use your strengths. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was times where he does do well this season, but I agree with you. He's not somebody I'd look at. Um, is there anyone on your watch list to start the season with? I think it's just Christy for myself. Christy's the main one for me. Um, as Dan said, the, the fact that he might play on the wing, even whether initially or at times, does add that extra appeal. Um, but he's he's the main one for me. There's no one else really from Hull that I'm looking at to start with. Dan? Um if Vaughan does look like he, he's going to start, he, he'll he be on the watch list, but it'll be hard to go there, I think, unless you're 100% no, to be honest. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the next team then, Dan, and this is one of yours as well. Um, this is Bristol City. Who has given us the information for this one, Dan? Myself <laughs> and uh, Spencer. FPL Beery. Yeah, it was, it's been a nightmare getting Bristol City up. So basically, <laughs> to be honest, you're saying nobody supports Bristol City and he's had to do it himself. Well, yeah. So if, if if you are a Bristol City fan, let us know, please. And um, we might use you next year. Yeah, or even throughout the season, you know, um, more knowledge is better for us. You know, if yeah. you're watching your team every week, you're watching more than us. We can only watch, you know, what's in front of us on the TV. Um, so... If you're watching your team every week, please get in touch, give us feedback, um, give us information. We're always happy to take more information on. But Dan, then I'll t- the viewers will trust your expert views, I imagine. So, um, key outgoings then at Bristol City. Yeah, so um, De Silva, who's gone to Coventry, uh, left back. Um, Kane Wilson, remember him? The hype in game week one last year. He come on against he's gone to last Derby. week. Oh, did he? Yeah. Did he look good? No. Well, I, and uh, he would just defend. Where, where did he go in the end? Because I think he failed at least Derby, one medical. Yeah. So, um, Derby, okay. And uh, Masengo, who was a really weird situation because he was clearly good enough to play week in, week out for Bristol City, but yeah, I don't know what happened there. Where's he ended up going, um, Dan? I, I missed that one. There was links with Burnley, Is but because he, he's a fr- I'm yeah, I think he's him now. Uh, yeah, I think he might still be a free agent. Unattached. Yeah, still, I know oh, wow. Burnley wanted him. There's a report yesterday that he apparently rejected a Burnley move. Mm, interesting. Um, well, the incomings are done. Yes, yeah, so uh, Ross McQuarrie, who. Uh, I think it's going to come in as a as a right back for them, but it can play a number of position. Angus, you'll you'll know more being a fan from the Scottish League. 
Uh, Hayden Roberts, another defender who can play left-back or centre-back. He was on loan at Derby last year, was a Brighton player. Uh, Rob Dickey, who moved from QPR. Uh, Jason Knight, another Derby player uh, coming in midfield, who's highly rated, so interested to see how he does. Yeah, they're, they're the four come, uh, transfers in so far. Okay, and... What do you think is going to be the likely lineup slash formation then? Yeah, so um, I think it's going to be four three three. O'Leary in goal. I think McCrory would have been the right back, but he's injured in pre season. So I think Tanner will will play right back. Uh, Dicky with Viner at centre back, Spring left back, and then James DM with Scott and Knight. As the centre mids, obviously Scott can go at any minute, um, and the front three is is absolutely rotation risk galore. You've got on the right Cornick and Sykes, on the left Mahetti and Bell, and up front you've got Conway and Wells. So I didn't feel I was an either dispense and felt like it was it was right to name a, a front three because we we honestly don't know. So. Um, you didn't mention um, Vyman in that. Is I was that... about to say Andy Vyman. Yeah, is that just another rotation? I, I risk, you think? Yeah, I think I think he can he, just he play could anywhere. Come in anywhere, couldn't he? So yeah, that's well, we've seen him at that's right. the thing, we're back at times, haven't we? Yeah, in a back five. So. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I, from what I gather, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident. Um, so obviously, I missed this. The rest again. of the team, apart from the the front three. Last season they finished fourteenth. The bookies have gone down for fifteenth this season at fourteen to one. Where have you and Spencer predict them to finish? Yeah, probably probably around the same. I think I think it's getting to the stage though, um, where Pearson's it's make or break now for Pearson. He's he's basically had a bit of money to spend the odd one or two million here and there on players, so he's got to start showing improvement i think okay best gaffer assets or assets well i've gone for conway or wells if if one of them get a decent um run in the team bristol city have been quite attacking the last couple of years and even young conway done well uh wells when we were looking at him during early parts of pre-season we were surprised with the number of goals he got so i think if we maybe get like a a spell where one of them are out. I think the other one who who's who's fit and available could be the best asset. Okay, um, budget assets. I've gone for Sykes just because he's a cheaper winger out of all the other wingers, and if he, he's playing, he, he done quite well last year for a spell. So yeah, Sykes. Yeah, five point five, uh, good value. Budget, uh, not budget, under the radar assets? Mametti, I think, um, now settled in after a spell, uh, after signing in January, and I think there's quite a, a high ceiling for Mametti, so I'm in, intrigued to see how well he does. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Dan. Um, Angus, I'll come to you first, and let's uh, break down the team a little bit. O'Leary, obviously, probably going to get the number one, it's about 4.5. Um, not a bad option, really, at 4.5, is he? No, I think it's uh, 
a decent option there. Obviously, there's there's another 4.5 that's looming over everyone, but I think O'Leary is still a decent option at 4.5. And then, Dan, you know, all the defenders are valued at 5 million. Um, is there any value in that defence? Like, Could you pick one out that you'd consider? I think Pring, I'd edge towards Pring. I think towards the end of last season, he got established at left-back and was quite attacking, so I would probably edge Pring over any of them. Now, are you just choosing him just to pick somebody, or would you actually put him on your watch list to start the season or not? Well, it's a Bristol City defender, so I'm not sure I'd have him on the watch list. But if you're asking me if there's like a budget... um, I don't know, like a double game week in the future. And you said pick a defender, I, I would pick three. Right, okay. Angus, midfield. Um, we've got Vyman. He's the most expensive at seven million. Um, because we know he can play at the front at times. Um, but then there's quite a lot of variety. You've got Cornick, uh, Mametti, Scott and Barrel at six, Sykes Knight at five five, and then you've got your cheaper midfielders at five and four five. Is there anyone there that tickles your fancy? Um, so people who listened last year will know I'm a fan of Mometti. Yeah. Um, Bristol City, I actually went to watch one of their games last year. You did on a stag um, didn't you? Yeah. We, we, uh, you, as you do on a stag do, we, we went uh, hospitality at Bristol City. Um, uh, which, uh, you know, was a very enjoyable time. They played Reading. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but there, there's a there's a little bit of a buzz whenever Mometi gets the ball um, that I think is is different to some of these other players. So um, he's he's one that I'd potentially be interested in, not necessarily to start, but particularly if they have sort of a good run or a double or something like that. Um, he's the first one I would be looking at. I think. Yeah, and you're paying a million less than Vyman, aren't you, as well, there yeah. as well. Um, forwards then, we've got Wells at 7, Conway at 6.5. Um, for me, you know, I don't think I'd even consider starting with them, but if there's going to be one that jumps out, who do you prefer, Dan? I like Conway. I think we saw at, at times he looks like a natural finisher, and yeah, I'm, I think there's a chance he could explode if Bristol City are as attacking as, as we think think they might be this season. Angus? Yeah, Conway would be the lean, but I'd want to get a better idea of what it's going to look like as well. Okay, right then, we'll move on to the next team. Um, quite a surprise, you know, people might be surprised they're in this first part, but it is Norwich City. So last season, they finished 13th, which is quite disappointing for them. The bookies have got them down for sick for this season, um, around 4-1. to one. Um, Who's give you the information, Angus? Uh, FPL Frog. FPL Frog, OK. Um, key outgoings, Anne. Um So he actually left off outgoings and incomings, so I'm on uh, transfer marks, frantically finding <laughs> their <laughs> outgoings and incomings. Uh, so they've, they've obviously had a number of notable ones, so like Tamu Puki left... Uh, Kieran Dowell left. And technical issues, strikers again. Um, we are down. And I can't even wing this and come to you, can I, Dan? Not really, no. <laughs> we can sort we can sort of 
jump to like what we think of Norwich. I'll yeah, talk okay. to it. We'll come back to them um, if Angus does come back. Um, let me just get their team up. So in goal, you've got Gunn at 5.5, Crow at 5. So we're expecting Gunn to be the number one. Yeah, I think he um, got established last season. He was the number one. And I think he done quite well when he was in the team. But at 5.5, um, got no interest in him, to be honest. No, and defenders then. Um, you got Max Ahrens and Stacey, both at 6 million. You know, and they, they're basically competing with each other. Uh, they're the most expensive. 5.5, uh, you got Hanley. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Badali. I'm a Bamadeli. Oh, it's close. I'm, a I'm getting better at this. You, like, um, you are, yeah. Giannoulis, um, obviously left back at 5.5, and Duffy, who's arrived. You've then got McCallum and Gibson at 5, and Tomkinson at 4.5. Obviously, you're spending a bit more there in that defence. Do you think there's any value there? You could go to any of them, Dan? I would 100% go for Jack Stacey. Like, it's not even a question. Right, okay. 100%. I ask you this because, obviously, you're a Luton fan. Um, there's no bias involved here. Do you think he's got that spot? I think so. I think it's been quite common knowledge that Aaron uh, Aaron's is going... I think they've sort of agreed with it mutually that it's probably the best time for him to go. So, I know he's still in the game and he's not left yet, but... I don't think he has he even played in preseason. I know he was out with the under twenty ones, um, but for me, Stacey, Stacey can, is basically just such an attacking fullback. He'll he'll basically play in winger most of the game. See, I agree with you, but what happens if Evans doesn't go? You know, if nobody comes in for him, you know, you're not going to just like keep him on the bench, are they? I don't know. Like I said, I think he's gone. I think they they take a fee or he gets loaned out or something like that. That's from what I've heard. Um, yeah, so for me, it's it's obvious it's Stacey. It's number one choice, I think. Okay, and for the audio listeners, Angus is back, I believe. I am, yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm having extensive technical issues. So, uh... And every time you come back, you kick Dan over this. Oh, Dan's back on the screen now, so yeah. we're all good. Um, Angus, we just started talking about the defence. Um, so yeah. well, I'll come back to you now um, regarding the key incomings. Were we on? Yeah, so uh, the only other men- outgoings I was going to mention was obviously uh, Barley Mumba, who they sold. Um, key incomings, uh, you've got um, Christian Fasnacht, who's coming from Young Boys. Um, you've got Ashley Barnes uh, from Burnley, Jack Stacey, uh, Shane Duffy, um, Borja Saint, who's a, a winger. Um, I think that's everyone. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with that's everyone. And what's the likely lineup that we think that's going to be in game with one? Uh, so uh, Ian reckons it's going to be a 4-2-3-1. Okay. Uh, so got Gunn in goal. Uh, back four, right to left of Stacey, Gibson, Duffy and Giannoulis. Uh Midfield two of uh, McLean and Sarah. Uh, three of Fasnacht, Sargent and Hernandez behind Barnes. Um, he has also as a bonus given potential uh, percentage likelihoods. Okay. Um, 
So you've got some of them that are 100%. You've got Gibson at 90%, Duffy and Junos at 80%. Um, he's also got Sargent at 80%. The interesting thing is he's got Fasnacht and Hernandez at 60% and Barnes at 70%. So he's, so he's sort of suggesting there's still a little bit of uncertainty around those attacking spots at the moment. Interesting. And what league position has he predicted? I've just realised I don't think he's predicted a league position. <laughs> OK, we'll go with what What do you think then, Angus? We'll go with your um, I think they'll be challenging for the playoffs but finish just outside. Okay. So I think seventh or eighth. Yeah, I agree there. Um, best gaffer assets. Uh, so he's listed two: uh, Jack Stacey. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Dan's talked about him already, but we know yes, all about yes. him and uh, and uh, Gabriel Sara. So we've got Stacey, six million defender, Sara, seven point five midfielder. Um, who's he gone for budget? Um, so budget, he's got uh, Jonathan Rowe. So we've talked about him quite a lot in sort of chats and whatever yes. um, he's getting a lot of minutes in pre-season there's a 4.5 mid um, and I'm sure we're so, going to talk about him in a minute when we get to the midfielders aren't we yeah. um, and then under the radar uh, he's put Nunez okay um, because one of the midfielder. things he's said um, is he thinks that Nunez could be the one that's asked to take up to replace some of the creative responsibilities that of Dowell um, with obviously him leaving, so um, so he could obviously come into the team and be a a good option. Particularly, I think he particularly suggested maybe just a ten and only and, and Sergeant or Barnes plays. Okay, so thank you to the Frog um, for providing us that, and then just to bring you up to speed where we were, Angus, while you were away, we were talking about um, right back, so Stacey, but what's going to happen to Aaron's if he doesn't get a move? What, what's your opinion on that? Because I think that is quite interesting and quite important. I mean, I assume he, he's going to split time because if you've got someone like that there, you don't just not play them. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I imagine that they're not going to get to the end of the window without a move. Yeah, no, I agree. So we've got Stacey at six million that right back. Um, Centre backs, you know, at 5.5, you'd they're not major assets to have in the game, but Giannoulis left back five point five. If he stays, could he be an option? You know, he's pretty good a couple of years ago when he got promoted, wasn't he? I think so. Uh, personally, I think if he if he does stay in the team, um, I think he could be uh, he could be a decent option. Obviously, with that slight saving, um, I'd probably still be inclined to go with Stacey, but I think Giannoulis could be one. Okay, midfielders Dan. So we're looking at possibly Sarah and McLean playing more as a central midfield. And then, you know, actually before we go into attacking midfield, Sarah, is he an asset? If he's going yeah. to play deeper? Yeah. Yeah. And what's that based on? Is that on set pieces, key passes, or what is it? Um, I saw, well, actually Ian sent me the video of the free kick he scored in the friendly <laughs> Uh, yesterday or day before, and I'm in. Um, <laughs> I'm in for that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there is an element of sort of the set pieces, the key passes, the fact that you know he can clearly take a free kick as well, which obviously helps in terms of it's another way for him to get chances and returns. So um, I think that that sort of means he can be an option wherever he plays. Okay, brilliant. And Dan, this is where I'm struggling with Norwich. Um... And the the reason why I won't be starting here, I'm not saying I'll never go here, but 
to me, it's quite uncertain, this, you know, attacking four players, let's say, because you've got, we'll start up front, you've got Ashley Barnes been brought in, he's 7 million in the game, but then you've also got Ida at 6.5 and Sargent at 8.5. Now, I know we spoke on a couple of pods where we think Sargent could play through the middle, but there is possibilities he could play over on the left. So, what are your thoughts regarding, you know, the attacking players from Norwich? Yeah, either I don't think it's anywhere near the starting eleven. Um, yeah, Barnes is such a funny one because he he didn't start the season for Burnley, but towards the end he was one of their key players. I know he didn't always return with goals and assists, but it's just what he allows the rest of the team to do. Um, I, I would like to see Sargent play through the middle. And if he plays through the middle, I think he's worth 8.5. But if he's now on the wing, is he worth 8.5? I'm not sure. I don't know what, what you guys think about that. I haven't got his goal contributions in front of me, but I'd be interested to see them, what they were like from when he played over on the left. But from my very poor memory, you know how poor it is, I'm trying to recall something from Sergeant last year and I'm struggling, so maybe Angus can help me out here. Um, I think he did best. I mean, I don't have, I don't have the returns in front of me. I think he did best when he played through the middle. Um, and so I think that the only sort of other role that I'd be happy with him is if he's playing that role behind a striker because he is at least still playing in central areas and can sort of get into the box easier and that sort of thing. So if he were out in a wide area, that would be the that would make him of less interest to me. Okay. And then let's talk about Rowe. He's four point five yeah. million. He's gained a lot of minutes in pre season. So I'm not necessarily saying, you know, it's the one to start, but he's a perfect enabler, isn't he? Uh in theory, yes. Um I'll just do a brief uh sort of recap of um, what Ian said in terms of uh, on the wings, he did sort of give a brief explanation of what his thoughts were. Okay. Um, so he said this time last week, he'd have said uh, on El Hernandez and Rowe uh, were most likely to start. He thinks Hernandez is a favourite of Wagner's, um, which I think if we think back to last season, he did, so he was going to leave and then suddenly was in the team regularly. So that sort of, you know, that does check out. Um, and then he said, but uh, Solis has uh, done quite well with Giannoulis on the left-hand side. So, you know, he could be an option as well. Um, and then you've got Fasnacht who's come in, um, who Wagner, I think, worked with at Young Boys. So, um, yes, uh, who will be 7 million. <laughs> uh, it's not in the game when we're recording, but uh, will be in. Um and so you've got a few there that could be playing over row. So while it seems like a, a great option at the moment, it's one of those where you may sort of, you, you kind of don't want to mess around with your 4.5 mid. So he's been in the whole time for me, but actually sort of hearing almost about all these options, it's sort of been like, yeah, all of a sudden it might have to be someone else. The dream might already be dead. <laughs> no, I agree because I said the other day in our chat and said, you know, or what other chat it was in. He's going to definitely be my third sub every week, my Sam Field replacements. But listening to you two talk here now and looking at it in front of me, I know it's going to be third sub, but I want them playing. Yeah. You know, it's 
pointless really. I know he's four point five, but it's pointless having that on your bench. Um, we know what Gaff is like. You you need your bench, so yeah. Um, anything else on Norris before we move on? Um, I'd just like to uh, give Ian a shout out as well because um, he did say we gave uh, uh, correspondents the option of uh, giving a bad pick, and um, he said Grant Hanley. So uh, I just really appreciate that. Um, he did also mention, actually, so I will direct people to this. Um, he will he will perhaps do a, an updated uh, predicted lineup on Twitter, which is at FPL Frog after they play against Olympiacos. Um, and he also said he'll be starting a free to enter gaff, enter gaffer league with a prize for the winner. So another reason to follow his, uh, in his words, infrequent and mediocre tweets. Um, but so uh, I'll, I'll sort of mention that for him as well. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> a free week with a prize. I will definitely yeah. take that. Um, yeah, so that's brilliant though from Frog regarding all that. Norwich massive wait and see for me. I really don't know what to expect from him. So we'll move on to the next team then. And this is going to be from you, Angus. It is yeah. Watford. So last season, disappointing and finished 11th. Bookies have got them down as 8th this season, um, coming in at around 11-2. to two. Um, And who's given us the information regarding Watford? Uh, so Joe Finley-Badder, who I think is Joe Amra Batman. Um, I think that's what he's on it, on Twitter. Right. Um, key out going down. Um, he did say, because actually we were tasked of getting eight teams each in. I spoke to Joe. He, he was a bit hesitant at providing this straight away because he thinks a bit might change now. Yeah. Um, so bear in mind, this is the 26th of July. Some stuff might happen in the next few days or so. But key outgoings, Angus. Uh, so he's got uh, Joao Pedro, uh, who obviously went to Brighton. Ishmael Assar, who's gone to Marseille. Uh, Hamza Chowdhury, who went back to Leicester. And Hassan Kamara. That's brutal when you say them first two names, like Joe Pedro and Ismail Assar, because, they, you know, they're unbelievable. Yeah. It sounds really bad when you say that they've lost them. Um, key incomings so far? So there's three so far, which is uh, Jake Livermore, uh, <laughs> Tom Ince, and Reese Healy. Uh, but he also said uh, Jamal Lewis, uh, is obviously a left-back, is almost confirmed. And then they're still looking for a striker and a centre-back. Yeah, so by the time this gets released, because uh, we are pre-recording it, aren't we? Because we've still got to do the other yeah. two parts. Jamal Lewis is probably going to be a Watford player. Um, likely line-up or formation then, Angus? Uh, so he said it's either a 4-3-3 or a 3-5-2. Um, we should mention, obviously, another key incoming was uh, Valerian Ishmael. So uh, the that creates a little bit of uncertainty over which way he, he might go with this team. Um, but he said, uh, Backman in goal, yeah. uh, Ferreira, Porteous, Hoot and Lewis. Uh, in midfield, Sierra Alta, who's dropping into centre-back out of possession. Um, Kone and Loser. Um, Asprilla or Martins. Healy or a new signing and Semmer. Right, okay. So quite a lot of uncertainty around Watford at the moment there. Um, what league position is he predicted? Tenth. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Joe's not biased at all. He knows his stuff, doesn't yeah. he? So, 
I think that's fair, but you could see him a lot higher than that, or even potentially lower than that. Um, best gaffer assets. Uh, so he, he's put in defense. He's at the defense at the moment. Uh, he's listed Porteous for starts, and he'll play ninety minutes. Um, I think Luke did mention that he was good for defensive actions as well. One of the only defenders who was. Um, and then he said Ferreira or Lewis for attacking potential. And then he's listed uh, loser in midfield. who's on a lot of the set pieces. And in the attack, he said avo- avoid for now, unsure on who starts. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Um, budget assets? Uh, it's but probably loser underpriced slightly. Yeah, seven million. And then under the radar, he said maybe Espria, not to, not to start with, but could be good later in the season if he nails down a starting position. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, thank you very much for that, Joe. Um, I feel like we've got a lot to talk about here, and I've just refreshed my phone and gone off the screen. <laughs> um, right, Watford. So we know Batman's going to start and goal. Um, pretty obvious, good keeper, but five point five. It's not someone we're really going to look at, is it? But if somebody does want to go down that road, would you talk them out of that? Probably, just because we've talked about uh, goalkeepers, not worth it. And so when you've got multiple decent options at 4.5, the most I would go to is 5. Like If you can justify it for a particular goalkeeper, I don't see the value in going above that. Okay, so defence then. Um, Cabasero has gone through Denise now, hasn't he? Yeah. So... Six million, then you've got Porteous and Ferreira, Hoyt there as well. And Gakia, Cyril Arte, I'm terrible of these, I apologise. At 5.5, Pollock, Morris and Andrews all at 5. Dan, I'll start with you, because we know how much you love Watford. Um, what are your thoughts on the defensive assets there? I think we saw um, it would probably be Ferreira out the ones um, at the club at the minute. Um, at six million, he looked quite attacking for the, the brief spell we saw him in. I I am sort of intrigued by Andrews. If he, he was a youngster last year and got a few minutes towards the end of last season, I know he's rated quite highly. And if, if he got in at right back for a period of time, I think he could be a, a very decent option. And what about Jamal Lewis if he comes in? Obviously, we haven't got a prize for him yet. Um, he's not in the game. But do you think he could be a good option? You know, He's kind of been, I think you said earlier on, Dan, in the group chat, kind of forgotten about. He was highly rated. Before I think that was Angus. Yeah, was that Angus? was me. I'd, yeah. forgot, I'd forgotten he existed. He was very highly rated <laughs> before he went to Newcastle, wasn't he? But he was part of the team, the Norwich team that got promoted. So he, he he's obviously uh, have have previous at this level so yeah I think um, I think he could be an, an option at left back I think he'll be nailed as well Like I think it's more certainty over him at left back than Ferreira I'd say. See my problem is um, the price um, you're talking 6 million and I don't know what Watford are going to do it's quite unknown how you know, good or bad they're going to be so I'm pretty put off by that and I can't see myself going for any of the assets. But midfielders, I think there's one who stands out at 7 million. It's um, Loser. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, loser. Oh, sound that will do. 
Um, lose a seven million. Um, talk to me about him, Angus. Big him up for me. Yeah, well, he's in my draft, um, so I'm, I'm sort of willing to to take the the positives on that. Obviously, um, set pieces big thing, um, particularly under Ishmael. Um, the style isn't always going to be the best, but there is that production from set pieces. Um, is is a good quality player, and I think he, you know, if someone's asked to get forward and support the attack, pick up the second balls, it might well be him as well. But um, for those people who were playing two years ago, because I got on this and did quite well, um, if you remember how Alex Mowat did in Gaffer under Ishmael at Barnsley, um, thinking similar sorts of things to that as well. Interesting. Dan Tomins, um signed at Watford. You know, he did okay at Reading um, last yeah, season, to be fair to him. Seven million this year in the game. Do you think he's an option? Not at seven million, I don't think. Especially as I don't think he's a, a guaranteed starter either. Um, and also, at, at Reading, he was the main man, weren't he? He was on every everything set piece. He, he won't be that at Watford. So, yeah, it's a, it's a massive avoid for me. Is there anyone else that stands out in that Watford midfield? Um, so there's a couple that I was going to mention. So we haven't really mentioned Ken Semmer. Um, yes. Kind of a boring player, I think, or, you know, sort of less flashy, but he gets the job done. Um, you know, he will pick up points and I think he, he will start regularly. So um, I do like him. Um, I'm not sure whether I'd be willing to pay £8 million for him. Maybe if they start clicking, he's someone who could be an option. And then uh, the other one who I know was highly rated last season when they got him and they brought him back again is Martins, the winger. Um, So if he gets a spot in the team, particularly at 6.5, he could be interesting. Okay. But not to start with. No, I agree, I agree. Um, Forwards then, (laughs) a bit of unknown He was coming at 8 million, you know, played in the French second division. He scored goals there. Um, but is he an option? You've got Bayo at 7.5. I'm just really not keen on any of them. It's just not somewhere I'd go. What about you two? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't touch Watford's striker position, especially as Joe said, he thinks another one's coming in as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think Watford have some assets, but forwards are a massive swerve for me at the minute. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't interest me. Okay, fair. That all leads on to the next team then. Um, Angus, you're going to talk us through this team. And it is Millwall. Um, so, last season, they did finish 8th. Um, Buki's prediction, they've got them down as 12th. Um, coming in around 8-1. to one. Um, Who's gives the information, Angus? Uh, that would be Donna. We love Donna. Yes. And I'm just trying to think of a Twitter handle because it, it's just Donna, isn't it? Um, uh, it is Depth, Depth, Depth Diva125. Okay, yeah. Yeah, lovely, lovely woman. I look forward to seeing Donna at the end of August when we go down to Millwall. <laughs> um, so, talk us through Millwall then. Any key outgoings? Uh, so, she said Mason Bennett and Scott Malone. I watched Mason Bennett last night. Uh, he's at Burton Albion now. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes. Um, I didn't know that until last night. Um, incomings? Uh, Kevin Nisbet, uh, striker from Hibernian. Uh, Wes Harding, who we obviously saw in the league last year with Rotherham. Casper uh, Denor, who's a 
Belgian midfielder. And Joe Bryan, who we've seen in the division before, he came in as a free agent after leaving Nice. Um, we obviously last saw him uh, scoring a playoff final winner for Fulham against uh, Brentford. Is that why he was at Nice? Yeah. Wow, didn't know that. You learn something new every day. Um, what's the likely lineup formation then for Millwall this season? Uh, so she said, unlike, unable to predict the lineup from pre season, uh, formation has been 4 4 2, but likely to change as new players are integrated into the team. Lovely, bit of uncertainty around Millwall. That's <laughs> exactly what we need. Um, what was the league position that she's predicted? Uh, she's uh, said expecting to be in playoffs if not seventh so just a slight improvement then on last season and you know I couldn't argue with that they're going to be there or thereabouts I'd imagine um, best gaffer assets uh, Fleming if he stays and Nisbet I hope he stays I'd be gutted if he left the league I want another season of watching Fleming I think he'll be even better this year um, budget assets uh, she said uh, she hasn't looked properly at the prices, but maybe Danny McNamara. McNamara, okay. Uh, and he's coming in at six. And then under the radar? Uh, she's a keep an eye on Romain Essay. Uh, see if he gets good game time. I think he's been playing quite a bit in pre-season. Yeah, so he's coming in at five million as a midfielder. Um, it's quite interesting with Millwall because for a number of years... We've known them to be really good defensively and their prices have reflected that, haven't they? Um, but well, let's break them down, Dan. I'll come to you first. Goalkeeper situation. Obviously, last year we know Wong had the jersey. Burkowski's been a favourite and gaffer over the last four, well, three years. Who do you think is going to get the nodding goal? I think it's probably long. Um, but as we've mentioned, it's six million. He does. He deserves to be one of the most expensive because he's in Millwall. But I'm not spending six million on a goalie. No, no, I completely agree. Defensively, then Angus. Obviously, um, Brian's come in. He's six point five. Uh, we we seen what he's done previously in the championship, so I think that price is justified. But then you've got Wallace Cooper and. Um, McNamara at six, Hutchinson and Harding at five point five. Now, I'd, I'd say, do you see any value in that? But the you know, premium defenders, would you be going there? Uh, so I know I've said in a couple of different places, um, I've very much got eyes on Joe Bryan. Um, obviously, at his best going forward, um, I think he's probably still got something to offer. We've seen him perform well in the division before, and if we project how like Millwall being sort of similarly solid defensively. I think the attacking returns he can potentially offer on top of that uh, makes him sort of one very much on the radar for me. And you were nodding that as well, Dan. Brian, on your radar? Yeah, I think um, he might not be in there from the start. We'll get through it throughout the pods. There's a ridiculous number of fullbacks I like and probably everyone else likes, but he he always has to be on the radar because of what he's done and who he's moved to with in Millwall. So, yeah, definitely on the shortlist. You know, I'll be honest. I remember him signing and then I've completely forgot about it. And when I've been looking through and doing my watch list, I've just bypassed him every time and I don't know why. Um, 
6.5. I need to know he's nailed if I'm going to pay that price. Uh, midfield, um, Angus, I'll come to you first. Fleming's coming at 9 million after his impressive debut season last year. But then I think there's potentially some value in there in the midfield. They're a lot cheaper. Got Honeyman at six with Watmore. Um, Bury, Savile, and Dinor coming in at 5-5. Five, five. And then you've got fives for the rest of them. Obviously, Fleming. You know, we don't need to talk about Fleming. We know how brilliant he is. Um, he's definitely an option. Is there any more in there for you? What more has his spells, doesn't he? Uh, what more who uh, really belongs with a T at the front of his name? Yeah. Um, uh, so, no, he won't be a consideration for me. He does get sort of in those good positions. He does have the odd game where he returns. But if you're go- the one thing I would say is if you're going to own Duncan Watmore, don't watch Millwall games because he will frustrate the life out of you. Even if he gets returns, he will frustrate the life out of you. Um, on a more positive note, I think there are a couple potentially interesting. Uh, one is George Honeyman. Um, he's one who's obviously shown up before for things like sort of the key passes because he's uh, a, ve- a very good set-piece taker. Um, so that obviously helps, particularly on a team like Millwall with some of their weapons. Um, and as Donna said, particularly because I noted he was getting a lot of minutes in preseason. Essay at five point zero um, is is the other one that's sort of on the radar for me. Yeah, two things there, um, Duncan. If you are watching or listening to this, <laughs> that's Angus saying that. I yes, think you're it's, a fantastic this is player. this is my this is the views of me, not the EFL fantasy podcast. Yes, just Angus. Um, <laughs> me and Dan love you. Um, Second one, Honeyman. I know you haven't started, you know, the injury spreadsheet yet. That'll come in probably next week, Angus. But Honeyman did go off. I think I saw it in the first friendly. He only lasted less than half an hour. I think it was. Have you heard anything regarding that? Is he fit? I have to admit, I haven't got into injuries yet, so uh, that that would be entirely sort of guesswork on my part at this okay. point. Well, hopefully he's fit. Um, if he hasn't played, it's a bit of a concern in getting up to fitness. Dan, anyone for you from that midfield lot? Yeah, um, I'm intrigued with uh, S.A. Um, or whatever. We'll go S.A. We'll go S.A. Um, he had a few cameo appearances towards the end last season. He's, he's quite young. Um, he's probably similar to Vaughan of Hull, who's maybe one of these youngsters, we get it every year, really cheap youngster that comes in and, and does very well. So he's, he's he's on the watch list, but I need to see him play before it becomes an option. Okay, um, forwards, two interesting price points. Both of them coming in at 7.5. You've got Nisbet, who's obviously joined this summer. And then not everybody's favourite player, <laughs> he did well for a lot of people last year. Some of us didn't have him, but Bradshaw at 7.5. Now, Don has obviously spoke about the two potential formations there. How do they set up? Do they play both of them? What are your thoughts, Angus, on that? Um, so they've, they've mixed and matched because obviously they have been a team that I've sort of tried to pay some attention to this preseason. Um, they're a good team. They're potentially going to have some good options. So I've tried to get an idea of that and they have mixed and matched. Uh, the interesting thing, I think it's the day before we're recording, 
they played a one up top formation with Fleming coming in and it was Nisbet who started and Bradshaw was on the bench. Um, that so that probably, yeah, that probably sort of indicates where they are. I mean, I think they spent, um, I don't think it was massive, but they did spend sort of in the millions of pounds on him. Um, which for Millwall is no small amount. So I think that gives an indication he is going to play, um, whether that's with Bradshaw ahead of him, whether he's going to be the sort of 1A and Bradshaw's the 1B, I'm not sure. But to me, it indicates that Nisbet is going to play more often. Okay. And Dan, your thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, I think um, we need to know what formation, who's going to play, um, but Angus knows Nisbet more than I do, having followed the Scottish football. Um, we've also got that, can he adjust to the championship? We've, we've seen strikers do it and we've seen strikers not. Um, so I think they've got a tricky spell to start with. So yeah. I think maybe that they're definitely a good watch and see for the first few game weeks. But I, I'd love to have Fleming in my team at, at some <laughs> point. Um, yeah. And definitely the strike, one of the strikers. Although I missed out on Bradshaw last year, so we all know what what's going to happen this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I was with you, Dan. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, right, we're going to go on to the next team, then. Uh, we're into the last two now. Dan, you're going to talk us through Blackburn. So last season they finished seventh. Bookies have gone down for fourteenth this year, so quite a drop off, and they come in around about ten to one. Who's given us the information for Blackburn? Yes, we got FPL Drodok, uh, Darren. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so the massive one is Brerin Diaz, isn't it? He's, we've known it's been happening for a while, but he, he did leave on a free. Um, Bradley Dack obviously went. Um, of course he has. I forgot about that because he hasn't been picked up yeah, yet. Yeah. No, he, his minutes gradually got lesser and lesser with Sammy Smodics coming in towards the end. Um, and, and also Ayala, centre-back, who's... He was very injury-prone, but he, he was a leader on the pitch, so I, I wonder if they, they might miss him. Yeah, they're the main ones. And then the incomings? Yeah, so they were quite busy to, to start off with. Uh, Ennis, they signed on a free from Plymouth. Um, be interesting to see if he can step up to the championship. Uh, Sigurdsson, a, a left winger, uh, I think to replace Brereton Diaz and Tronston, who's a, a DM. Um, yeah, will be interesting to see how that that plays. So they like to play out from the back, don't they? So I'm guessing the manager wants someone able to do that so he's used his knowledge of the scandinavian nations okay brilliant and uh, what's darren got down for the likely lineup slash formation yeah he thinks um four three three with kaminsky or pairs in goal um kaminsky started the season last year got injured then pairs took over and kaminsky couldn't get back in I also know that some clubs are in for Kaminsky. Uh, Luton have been linked with him today. Um, Back four of uh, ranking Costello, Heim, Carter and Pickering. Then got um, Wharton, uh, highly rated DM, with 
Um, he thinks Smodics, I think, more as a 10 with uh, Trostan, probably. And then left wing, Sigerson, right wing, Hedges, and striker. He's a bit un unsure between Gallagher, Ennis, or Dolan. We've seen Dolan play the, the false nine at times. So, yeah. Okay. And, and where's Dolan going to finish? Um, he thinks top 10, probably eighth. Interesting. Um, okay. Best gaffer asset, Sam? Uh, he's peak ranking Costello. I think we saw towards the end of the last season just a really attacking fullback who had time played even as a winger at times. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not, not that surprising really not at 5.5. Borgi Tasset? He's put Smodix at 6. Uh, or 6. Five. I think he's 6.5. Please yeah. write down 6. Um, we mentioned that going and throughout the season, Smodic's played more and more minutes, and he's a player I like, so I can see why he's he's picked Smodic's. Okay, and last one under the radar. He's picked Dolan, which I can see because he's got so much potential, but it's not not a guaranteed starter, is he? So he's definitely on the watch list, but he's he's got to prove he's going to play consistent minutes for me. No. Completely agree. Right then, let's look into Blackburn then. So, Angus, Dan has just spoke about the keepers there. Kaminsky is at 5.5, Pears at 5, but we think Kaminsky may leave. Do you think Pears has got the number one spot? Um, my guess is for the moment Kaminsky has it unless he leaves, but um, given the likelihood that he, he will leave, I, I would guess it would then drop to drop into sort of Pears. Same with pairs at five, you're probably still going like we'll talk on part two or part three, whichever part they're in. But everybody knows Dieng has gone to Middlesbrough and he's yeah. 4.5, so um, it's a bit of a shame. Defense, then oh, let's get him out of the way. He's yeah, you know, he's hot property <laughs> at seeing the gaffer community at the moment. I've seen him in every draft. Yeah, ranking Costello 5.5 million. Is he going to be in your team, Dan? Oh, he's not in my team at the minute. He's not. But like I said, he's he's one of the numerous wing backs that are are definitely on the watch list. And if anyone has him, I, I can't fault him for having him. But you you can't have them all, right? Right, Angus, cheer me up. This party poop has ruined the Costello party. Is Costello in your team at the moment? He's been in since I set the team up. Yeah. It doesn't help um, through ownership, though, when he scores a hat-trick in pre-season, does it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, if if people want to pick him because of that, because he uh, he, pay, he played against, I think it was a, was it a, a Belgian pub or an Austrian pub or something, <laughs> um, then, uh, then by all means. Um, but, yeah, it, it certainly helps the hype when he gets a hat-trick. Um, but yeah, I mean, very attacking player. He's converted, I think, back from being a winger um, to being a fullback. So he has that attacking sort of tendency in him. And I think if you look past the the West Brom opening fixture as well, they they have a nice little run to start. So 
and you know opening day anything can happen and then after that he's got a nice little run so uh he's uh i don't think he's going anywhere for me no and his price is interesting as well 5.5 uh, cheaper than the premiums um we have got seven million defenders in the game this year 6.5 and sixes but Hyam and britain and pickering all coming at 5.5 so does that rule them out then because of costello um for me yes i think there's there's an argument to go with pickering in particular um if you want to to look at him he's the most likely i think to play left back but for me i wouldn't be looking past ranking costello anyway okay dan midfield um you spoke about some of the players already um sigurdsson comes in at the most expensive at seven and then you've got um, smodic stolen and hedges all coming in at 6.5 and then the rest a bit cheaper um who've you got your eye on from that midfield sammy smodix uh if he's playing in the 10 i think he's got good creativity maybe not on the set pieces but just in game um it'd be smodix for me yeah i agree there um angus regarding smodix um buckley's fit now and I'm I'm a big fan of Buckley as a player, not as a gaffer asset. Do you think there's chances of rotation there, or do you think Smolix has got the spots, and it's up to Buckley to try and take it off him? I think Smolix is likely to play in part because he can play the multiple positions as well. So it might be that somebody else drops out. Smolix, for example, goes to a wide area, and Buckley plays the ten. If they do that, I think Smolix is more likely to play either way. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily worry about Smodix from that front. Okay. Um, so Gerdson, Dan, is obviously new to the league. I can't say I know anything about him. Um, quite highly rated, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But Dolan and Hedges, both at the same price. Obviously, you've just mentioned Dolan has played as a false nine at times, but primarily as a right winger. Who do you think gets the nod over on that side? Do you think it's Hedges? Oh, that's a shout. I, I haven't got a clue. Um, it's difficult because I, I, I noticed last year that if Hedges would start, he was always off around 60 minutes. So it's one of those that he might start, but then he'll come off and then they'll rotate. And I'm just not sure with either of them about the minutes at the minute. I had Hedges early on in the season last year and I had to come off pretty quickly because of that reason, like you say. I think what's good, though, is, you know, we don't have to go in there straight away. They're all very similar priced. Um, so if somebody does start standing out, you can jump on to them um, quite easily. Um, forwards, I think, is an issue. But I do think, you know, they need someone. Gallagher's the most expensive, 6'5", and he's, he's stepped up um, a league at 6. And then you've got Young Vale at 5. I I, let's be honest, I, there's not an option there at the moment, is there? No, I mean, the closest thing to an option there is probably NS at six because there's absolutely no way I'm owning Sam Gallagher. So uh, well, it would have to be Stoke, Ennis, really. Uh, for £5 million, pounds, I can't believe it. But if you joined Stoke, would you have him at 6.5? <laughs> or is that even worse? Um, I'm not even sure if that's better or worse. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to say, just in case he's listening to the podcast, I'm a massive fan, um, and if you did join Stoke, um, I'd be over the moon. 
you, you'd you'd briefly you, you might think about maybe putting him in your gaffer team. Um, I don't know about that. I might be pleased just because it means I might not have to watch Dwight Gale as a centre forward. But well, that, that's, that's fair. for that's a different fair. podcast anyway. Yeah. So um, yes. yeah. I think that wraps Blackburn up, doesn't it, really? Um, there's one standout option, a couple of wait and sees. Um, and then we're going to go to the last team then, and Daniel going to take us through this one. Um, it is Sunderland. So last season, finished sixth. Bookies have gone down for ninth here, around 13 to 2. Who has given us the information here, Dan? Uh, Spencer, FPL Beery again. Yes, uh, for those wondering like why he's done Bristol City and Sunderland, he is a Sunderland fan who lives in Bristol. I think I got that right, haven't I? Because his dad's a big Sunderland fan. Yeah. In a way, he kind of supports both, but Sunderland are his team. Um, God, where am I at? Key outgoings, Dan. Um, obviously, Diallo was excellent last year. Uh, Gelhart, see, I don't. <laughs> and uh, Bailey Wright, uh, I think he went back to Australia, I think. Um, yeah. I think um, Gelhart, it was a hard shoes to fill with Stewart, needed to really play out front in the two. And I think they should be okay with re- replacing um, Diallo, especially they'll, they'll just play Roberts and more, I'd guess. And they'll, they'll probably loan someone in anyway. Okay. Um, Kean Cummings? Um, Joe Bellingham? I've not seen too much of him at, at Birmingham. Uh, Lewis Semedo or Hima, um, he's always out on the team sheets, which fro- fro- threw me off when I first saw his did, name. Did but he's well. in the game as, as uh, Semedo, Lewis Semedo. We'll call him Semedo. Semedo, uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, they signed a couple of young centre-backs, Triantis and Slelt. Um they struggled with that centre-back at times with through injuries. They had to play 0-9 there, which wasn't ideal. So, yeah, I think they've gone a bit youngster and very interesting recruitment from around the world. So you'll never know how they'll adapt, really. Okay. What likely lineup has Spencer got? Yeah, he reckons a 4-2-3-1. So uh, Patterson in, in goal, Hume right back. Ballard and Bath centre backs with Sirkin left back, um, Neil and Equart uh, DM with Roberts. Uh, he's not sure of the ten position. That's definitely up for grabs. Uh, Clark on the left and Semedo up front while Stewart's recovering from injury. Okay, and what league position has Spencer got? Um, fifth. She's fifth, so just slightly better than last year. Um, his best gaffer assets? Uh, Clark at nine million. Uh, he done very well last year, and he cut cutting inside linking linking play. I know uh, Irons Luke said uh, he massively overperformed his uh, data, so I'm intrigued to see how how well he does. But yeah, I think Clark could have another good season. He'll be he'll be the main man if he's there. Okay, budget assets. Uh, he's named two. He's put um, Bar, who's five point five. I think he's one of those who could play in the ten. 
Um, and if he's playing in the 10 for a very attacking Sunderland sign, that'll be a no-brainer. And, and uh, he did he did he did shout out Rig, a very young player, um, who's five million in the game, very highly rated. Is he a winger? I think he's is he a ten? I don't, I don't know. know. I generally don't know. I was just I'm just curious. Do you know Angus? Um, I know he's an attacking player. That's as much as I can give you. And that's good enough for me. And under the radar pick. Um. He, He's gone circling because I think he was injured a number of times. But throughout the season, he, he did score the odd odd goal and assist. But it's just whether they can keep the clean sheets, I think, Sunderland with their prices. OK, right, let's get into this team then. So um, I'm not going to bother with the goalkeeper, Angus. Um, Patterson's going to be number one. He's 5.5. More than that, I'm not going to go there. Um, Defence... Really interesting this year because they've had a price bump from last year. You know, they're all yeah. promoted side pricing, really, let's say. Um, basically, Humes, um, Sirkin, Ballard and Bath, they're all at 5.5. Is there any value there for you at that price? Um, possibly. As Dan said, Sirkin did get some returns last season, so he's potentially interesting. Um I did enjoy owning Trey Hume last season, um, not just because he was four point zero. He That's did actually. Why I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, he did that, but he did actually sort of return, and he did. He was getting forward, so I think there's potential value there. But obviously, um, factoring that in, I'm going to need to see that it's worth five point five before I go back there. Yeah, Dan, your thoughts on the defense? Yeah, pretty pretty similar, I think. It's... We've mentioned throughout the pod a lot of good 5.5 within that price bracket and probably better defensively, so I I can't go for any of them at the minute. Okay, midfielders, now this is where the serious business is with this team. Um, Clark is now the most expensive player in the team, 9 million. Roberts comes in a million cheaper at 8 um, we'll talk about them two first. Um, obviously, Luke spoke about them quite a lot on our data pod that he was on um, last week. But what are your thoughts, Angus, regarding these two? Uh, do you favour one of them? Um, so I personally, and it's not to say Jack Clark is bad because Jack Clark played well, I personally prefer Roberts. Part of it is about the million saving. Um, and I just think particularly with some of that, chance creation um work that he was doing um uh, particularly you know when you're i'm 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 not having a good pod for just disparaging people um and slagging them off but uh when you're creating those chances for joe gelhart it's different to when you're creating them for a for an out and out striker because i think gelhart is a decent player but he's not an out and out striker Um, So I think that's something where you can almost see immediately a potential gain for Roberts in particular. Um, So that's the other positive uh, with him for me. And I think he shared some of the particularly set pieces with Diallo, where you'd think he would take that on uh, much more with Diallo not there now. Okay, Dan, do you share the same thoughts? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. That one million difference especially with some of the 
the pricing of some of the key assets from Le- at Leeds, Leicester and Southampton. I think we might need um, as much money as possible. Don't hate the double up um, at times, yeah. maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we'll have them quite a lot throughout the season, to be honest. See, I was, after Luke was on the pod, I was drawn to Robert for, obviously, the data that he mentioned and the £1 million saving. I've now seen a few clips of Clark in pre-season and I'm back over to Clark. I can't help myself. As soon as I see something good, I'm like, yes, that's yeah. it for me. I'll be honest, I don't know. It sounds stupid and it's not to discredit any of them, but because it's such a price increase from last year, I'm put off because um, I'm seeing £9 million. It's not you know massively premium, but I'm still seeing that as very expensive. Um, I'm not saying they're bad picks at all. I'm really not, but I just I don't I don't know if they're worth that myself. But we'll see when it comes around to game one. Rest of the midfield guys, um, obviously Pritchard six five, Bang and Burnett coming at six, and then they're all five point fives, fives and four point fives. What a cheap players in there. Um, is there any that you're thinking about or is it just Robertson, Clark in the midfield? I think it remains to be seen, but I think there's some potential options. Um, I know Rig has done well in pre-season. I think he'll play very much a secondary role once the season starts. He's still very young, so um, I wouldn't expect to see him in the team. Uh, two that I've got my eye on in terms of what they end up doing this uh, season are uh, Bellingham. Yeah. Uh, not ju- not just because he's Jude's brother, but obviously they've made a a real pitch to get him there, so that suggests that he's going to play, which is a, which is interesting. Uh, just to see uh, how much he plays, and uh, Bennett, um, who's obviously six million as well, um, did well for Costa Rica in their brief spell at the World Cup. Looked bright for them. Um, didn't see as much of him for Sunderland, but there's clearly a player there. So I'm interested to see if we see more of him because I think he could be obviously a very good option at that price if he does if he does play regularly. Brilliant. And then Dan, forwards. We know Stuart's injured. Um, we haven't got an exact time frame for it. Is it September, October? Uh, I think it's end of September, I want to say. So, you know, he's missing the first couple of months, so we know that. He's linked with a move as well, but we know he's brilliant. 8.5 million. We need a fit Stewart in the league this year, and I think he could be a brilliant asset. But my question is Samedo, okay? I'll be honest, when they signed him, never heard of him. I thought, you know, a youngster, maybe smart business. He looks like he could be leading the line. You know, he scored a few goals in pre-season, he's six million. Is he an option, or are we just looking at him because Stewart's injured and he's the only striker, and we want a Sunderland attacker? I think it's the mixture of both, and um, him being six million, it, it's basically a budget striker for one of the most attacking teams in the league. And um, since it was common knowledge that Stewart wasn't going to play at least the first few game weeks, I've I've been on Semedo, he's been in my draft, and he's probably the most likely striker I start with out of anyone in the game. Angus, your thoughts? Uh, pretty much the same. I think some of it is that, you know, he's going to be playing up front for Sunderland. Um, it helps that they have a potentially nice start to the season. So it's one of those where you want to be on it at the start. 
um, the fact that Stuart's timeline has already been put back once as well means that you could have a six million forward for a team that we think is a solidly top half, you know, playoff promotion contender. Um, you can have their starting striker for six million. No, yeah, I, I see your points. At first, I was a bit put off. I was like, oh, do I really want him? Am I just getting for the sake of it? But the points you make, you know, six million. What could go wrong? You know, he's going to be your budget striker. If he's not as good as I hope, he can easily sit on the bench. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else on Sunderland? I don't no, think so. Not for me. No. So that brings us to the end then of part one. That's the first eight teams covered. Um, again, for about the fifth time, I'm going to timestamp it. It says the 26th of July, Wednesday. We're nine days away. Um, we're pre-recording this, so if anything has changed, there's not a lot we can do about that, but we don't anticipate too much, hence picking them eight teams for the first part. Um, so there's not really much to say other than that, really. We will be back, well, very shortly for you guys with part two, where we'll cover another eight teams. We're just trying to gain as much information as we can before we record and release that. And then we'll be back with our final part, um, with the final eight teams. And then basically, by the time all them three have come out, we're going to be in the last weekend. Game week one is upon us. Uh, is there anything you two guys would like to mention before we say our goodbyes? Um, no, because our Planet FPL appearance will be uh, will have happened by the time this goes out. So, <laughs> yes, it will. We are recording with them tomorrow, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. <laughs> um, Dan, anything and, and if you haven't listened yet, go and listen. We're also on Planet FPL. <laughs> yeah. Dan, anything from you? No, I think that's it. Do we want to mention the spaces? Um, we can do. We're probably going to mention it on all three, but yes, Friday, the fourth yeah. of August. Um, game week one is that day deadline is 6.30pm UK time we will be doing a Twitter spaces did you say 5 till 6? no we said 5 till 6 I don't want to be on spaces while the deadline's here I want to come off spaces and lock my team in so we're going to do 5 till 6 or maybe go over it a bit but we'll do a deadline so if you've got any last minute dilemmas just won't come on for a general chat. Um, please do. But we'll, we'll speak about that closer too. Thank you for all the correspondence for providing the information. You know, it's really helpful f- from you guys. You see your teams every week. So, yes, I will, I'll stop babbling on. Um, we'll see you for part two. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.